celebrating the world's best dabs. Son, this is whiskey. Try some. Okay, thanks, Dad. What are you doing? Uh, nothing, honey. Sure, Dad may forget birthdays, graduations, even your fourth grade piano recital. But he'll never forget to tell you. You're doing that wrong. No, I'm not, Dad. Yes, you are. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Dadcast. I am your host, JP, joined, as always, with my man. He is, you can find him on Lonely Fans. Nick Martin, how are you, sir? I'm great. I was so much better, but now, wow. That was that was that was perfect. It, it, lonely yeah. fans, not only fans, lonely fans is That's where right. where lonely you can fans. where you can find yeah. Nick Martin these days. You don't make nearly as much money on that one. <laughs> it's, it's cool though. Whatever. We are joined today by our very special guest. His name I will tell you in one second, but let me tell you a little bit about him. He is the base tech for Godsmack, the base tech for Slightly Stupid, and the former bassist of a band you may have heard of, Alien Ant Farm. Welcome to Dadcast, Mister. Ty Zamora. Hello, sir. How are you, man? Wow. I'm good, man. <laughs> a one-word answer. Just wow. Well, hey, we are so no, stoked. No, I said bow because you oh. said in the farm sales. What everyone knows me for is going bow. Oh, there it is. Bow. <laughs> Thank you for coming on the show. And oh, and I forgot, most yeah. importantly, on the list of accomplishments of Ty Zamora is you are a dad. Yeah, three times. Three-time dad. A three-time dad. I'm unlike Nick, who's about 187 in. Yeah. Wow, dude. It gets more and more every episode. Coming today. I only have one testicle, so there's only so much I can do with that. Well, you're putting out three with one testy. Well yeah. done. That's an accomplishment wow. in itself. So tell us a little bit about Ty, your adventure in fatherhood. Uh, first of all, you said three kids. What are their ages, names, if you feel like dropping them? So I have uh, I have two boys and a girl. My oldest son, Kelton, who just turned 12 last week. I uh, have Dorian who turned uh, nine in December and then Zia is my girl, my baby girl. And she's six years old. Oh, see, we're right in the same boat. My baby yeah. girl is, uh, should be eight in um, two months, but wow. you know, right at that seven and whoo, isn't it crazy? Nick, isn't it being the father of daughters is just, we've touched on it's this another, but it, it's, yeah. it's Rest. so much different than being the father of a dad and how Dude, you, I cry over cheeseburger commercials now that I have a daughter. <laughs> <laughs> and your it's daughters great. are young too. So mine's 16. So yeah, you guys have got, Oh my God. It, it just, it gets great. And then it gets, wow. What the yeah. hell are you myself into? Well, Hey man, my 12 year old is like, wow, right now he's doesn't want to do anything. He's, you know, he, I have him enrolled and, you know, like a jujitsu and he does that four times a week. And then I have him starting to work on the upright because in seventh grade, he's going to start doing orchestra. So I'm like teaching him how to start working with the bow and everything like that. And he, that kid just don't want to do anything. Yeah. And it, just all of a sudden, like in the last like two weeks, he's just like, I'm done. I don't want to do anything. My son is 10. He'll be 11 this summer. He, uh, he's not quite there, but I'm feeling yeah. it happening because the kid does not want to get out of bed. And I'm pretty yeah. certain he uh, stays up. Like, we'll go to bed and pretend to go to bed. And then all of a sudden, I hear noises at 3, 4 o'clock in the morning coming from the room. And I just don't feel like I want to pick that fight. So I just go back to bed and we'll we'll deal with it another time. But, yeah, man. Yeah. Mom's like, like this season veteran here. So my, my youngest was 13. We just had a baby. So he's like 10 months old, but my youngest, as soon as he had 12 and a half, it was like, it's all over. Like they don't, they don't want to do anything like, Nope. I'm going to play video games all night and sleeping all day. And try getting him to mow the lawn. That's my next adventure coming yeah. up. 
do the video games kill me, man? Because I, when I was a kid, I started playing at nine years old and that's what I wanted to do. And I was terrible for a couple of years because I had no teaching, no guidance. But as soon as I can figure it out, which was probably about seventh, eighth grade is when I really started figuring it out. That's all I wanted to do, you know, and I was just so dedicated. My parents had to stop me. You know what I mean? And with these kids and their video games, they, they, they just want to fight and just play video games. And I could just see them getting dumber by the second. (laughs) Right. The movie idiocracy is slowly coming to fruition and it's freaking me out a little bit, but isn't it up to us as their parents, especially the father, the, the role model, the father figure in the family to, you know, basically put the foot down. And because I have a hard time navigating that, especially in this COVID area. And last year, more importantly, things are starting to ease up, but, Last year, I almost felt so bad that I'm just like, you guys, you know what? You you do what you want. It's Are we, though, the first generation where dads are expected to be, like, in their kids' lives a lot, doing all kinds of stuff from changing diapers right away, getting up at night? Like, my dad never did that stuff. None of my friends' dads ever did that stuff. But yet, here we are taking the kids out all the time. Like, my dad would throw the ball around with me. Right. And he'd go to, like, baseball games or he'd take me to Guitar Center. He wasn't snowboarding with me. He wasn't taking me on trips. He wasn't, you know, if I wanted to do, like, some kind of martial art or something like that, he was just like, nah, I'm not getting into that. You know, know, I was lucky that I had a dad that was supportive when it came to, like, music and stuff. But none of my other friends' dads were. And I feel like we have... This pressure, our generation, I, I'm going to assume that we're around this, you know, born around the 70s to early 80s or whatever. And generation and the and tail end of Generation X, I, I would say. Class but of 93, like baby. You're you're class of 93? Yeah. I'm 95. All right. So, <laughs> yeah, so like, I've never heard of dads being more expected to do as much as they have ever like now than they have ever done. And how, how do you think that came about? Because you're right. You're hundred percent right. When you actually delve in and think about it, but you know, I look into my own experience and I don't feel like there was ever a pressure for me to be that or an expectation. I just kind of did it. Cause I thought it was the right thing to do. Yeah, I agree. I did the same thing. You know, I got involved because I wanted to get involved, not because I felt like I had to. But, you know, my dad got involved like very minimal on most of the domesticated stuff. Got involved on the guitar stuff, got on guitar and the baseball, the hobby, the funner stuff. Yeah. But, you know, he wasn't changing diapers. He wasn't taking you to school or doing any of that stuff. I mean, yeah, he worked all the time and, mm-hmm. yeah, but that just felt like that's what always happened before like our era of dads came in. And here we are being yeah. extra involved. Uh, Maybe you it's know, because women are more career minded than they used to be. Absolutely. There's a shift and that's, that's, yeah. that's fine and great. You know, it takes, yeah. in, in, you know, a lot of families these days, in fact, most that uh, you want to look at, lower class to middle class, you know, both parents are working just to yeah. make sure these kids have a decent life. And yeah. so it takes a it takes a family, it takes it takes a tribe, it takes a village uh, yeah. to raise these kids. And but, you know, and there we go on the flip side. Thank God for Xbox when it comes to that, because yeah. as much as we hate it and it's a time consumer, it also keeps them inside and not getting out and doing anything troublesome. Now they just, yeah. you know, cuss online and threaten people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> those conversations are quite a bit. Yeah. It's funny. You're hearing those, you're like 12 year olds or whatever. And you're hearing people calling them, you know, effing 
SOBs and all this stuff. And yeah. And they're cussing. You know, what are you doing? You My know? kids. I heard him drop an F bomb. I'm literally standing behind him. Yeah. What did you just say? I didn't say it. I'm standing yeah. right here. I didn't say that. Yeah. <laughs> what? You did. You know, you didn't get caught cheating. You got, got, got caught cussing, dude. Right. Just fess up, like, man. Trust me. Away with that. I know I said it in front of you literally 10 minutes ago. doesn't make it right yeah. for you yet, but come on. <laughs> I'm right here. I'm not stupid. So how's that adventure been? So 12 years old down to six. How's the, the, the littlest? How is uh, she? And what is she in first grade? Second grade? Yeah, she's in first grade. First grade, right. So um, is where are you at right now? How is the school and the world functioning where you oh, live? I've, I It's been over a year since uh, the kids got taken out of school, and I've been teaching them ever since. Um, their mom kind of helps out every once in a while. She might take one and work with them a couple times a day or a couple times a week. But primarily, I'm doing all the work. Yeah, man. My mom helped out like at the beginning because we thought it was a temporary thing. And so schools are not back in yet where you're old. at. She's starting to get a little too old. So, you know, the, the digital world is is a little frightening to her. So yeah. anytime I try to tell her something new, she has to go. She goes crazy. So so uh, primarily that's all I've been doing. We've got off the road. Um, we did a show in Brazil uh, with Stupid. Uh, we did a show in Brazil. Well, not a show, but a, a tour in Brazil at the right at the beginning of the new year at uh, 2000. And we really haven't worked since then. We did a couple like drive-in things that was, you know, two days, one weekend. And that's pretty much it. We did like a backyard party. I don't, I don't know if we've, I think, I think we did um, one love festival February, right at the beginning of February. And that was like all we did last year. And we haven't done anything this year so far. Wow. So where are you guys, been, where are you currently? What state? California. California. Okay. So there you go. Yeah, I mean, California. of all the states in the U.S., there are, uh, California is pretty much the strictest when it comes to this whole lockdown scenario that's happening. And that's, that's why yeah. I can't believe, I mean, barely my kids just, just a couple weeks ago were allowed to start going back to school. And last week, we're in Oregon. Yeah, okay. Southern Oregon, and they uh, and they just re- lifted the whole six foot rule. Now they can sit three feet next to each other. <laughs> yeah. I have a confession to make to you, Ty. Um, but it is a radio station, so I think it's okay. Uh, one of my other, you know, dadcast. This isn't the only thing I do. I actually have a uh, radio station. I uh, run it, manage it, the whole damn thing. It's called Pirate Radio. P Y R E T E Radio. Um, uh- I uploaded probably 15, 20 songs of Slightly Stupid a couple of years ago, and it's been in heavy rotation ever since. <laughs> yeah, awesome. And we pay for all the rights, you know, so. so we, but uh, yeah, man, and I love it, man. I love those guys. Love that band. Such a good sound. Yeah, it's a know, perfect they're, fit they're for that station. They're popular for a reason. They're very popular for a reason. And I've introduced a lot of people, you know, like I come from the rock slash metal world or right. hard rock world, whatever you want to call it. And doing, I mean, I went from Godsmack, literally like doing Godsmack right over to slightly stupid with another metal guy um, that was working with Papa Roach and stuff at the time when we were touring together. And then he brought me over to them and uh, cause he used to be with Snoop and they hung out uh, earlier. So he worked with them and they brought me over and uh, it was like, I was already amazed by, the fandom, you know, cause you would, you, it was different in a rock concert. You give somebody more than an hour, you're though like, 
all the people up front want two hours, but in the rock world, you give somebody more than an hour and they're like, gone. Yeah. Like I've seen enough of this band. I'm good. But in the reggae world, man, they just, they just stick around and they sing all the songs and they're all dancing. The community is such a great vibe, such a good time. You know, I still, I found a lot of things that I like and appreciate more now that I've been with them for, geez, how long have I been with them for? Um, five years. I've been with them for five years. And a lot of, a lot of bands that I dig, a lot of, a lot of, you know, friends that I've met that I consider like close friends now uh, from either other bands or, or other crews. And, and, I, I absolutely love the job. I've been asked to come back to uh, Godsmack a number of times, and I've and unfortunately I always have to say no. And I still play. I'm still Solly's solo uh, band bass player slash acoustic slash uh, mandolin player. I oh. still do that. I still do that. But but it's just it's just yeah. It's hard to get away from that whole positive vibe everyone's cool you know even if you disagree on a lot of views or whatever you everyone's just still like you know but that's okay pma man you know like yeah it's, it's really cool. actually some of the nicest nice. guys i've ever met they let us hang out i think for the they love show it. they brought us up side stage and yeah. it, was, it was cool so. They love their fans. They really do. And it goes to show because, I mean, they were that band that started playing acoustically and the demo tapes started going around everywhere. And those guys were in a van for years. We did the war tour together and they were in a van and we were in a bus. That's right when we just started breaking. And, you know, we were on DreamWorks and they started out with Skunk until they got to do their own label. But they just you know, they just played everywhere and positive vibes to everybody and played good music. And, you know, they were striking when it, when it was just first starting and, and people just, you know, they love those guys. They just, the, like I said, the fandom with that band is unreal. How mm-hmm. crazy people feel about those two guys. And you're still very much involved with stupid, correct? Oh yeah. 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 I mean, as much as you can't they are, <laughs> you right. know, like, you know, if, if, uh, you know, we always touch base. We always keep in contact if we can't work. You know, Miles hit me up the other day and was like, I can tell he was just like, man, I'm just trying to find something for you to do. Like, you know, come down here and fix the studio up or I don't know what, <laughs> like come to do something, you know? And and that's really cool. And I'm sure a lot of, uh, you know, there's, there's certain guys that, that these uh, bands have like uh, there's a band called Soja and they have Antonio and I'm sure they're trying to keep Antonio busy and um, dirty heads have Tim and they're trying to keep, you know, I'm sure they're, I'm, well, I think he's on retainer, but they're trying to keep these guys busy. Like their main dudes, you know, right. and mm-hmm. I would consider myself a uh, stupid's main dude, just because um, even though there's, higher ups than I am, you know, there's management level stuff and, and stage managers and and tour managers. And, but I take care of just miles and Kyle. Mm -hmm. That's what I do is that I'm their guy. Like if they don't want to go to sound check, I sound check for them. You know, I got to go up there and act like I'm singing them because that's what, the front house wants us what the monitor wants, you know, the guys in the band might not want it, but the ultimate least, tease you know, for the fans. 
when the sound <laughs> guy comes up and oh they're there oh no they're not uh, yeah any anything on the horizon I mean any we're talking summer later down the year anything scheduled for stupid or anything you're involved with as well, far well, as summer dates? tours scheduled and and still even though we haven't been talking about it and I don't I mean I know it went on sale last year. Right. And it just got postponed a year. And um, I haven't heard anything about it yet, but I'm just hearing from like stupid heads, the, uh, the Facebook page, which is pretty informative. If you're into stupid, it's good to, you know, go join that group. Um, but um, if you, yeah, stupid heads on Facebook, but uh, they, they, they're always saying stuff like, um, you know, we called to see if, if, uh, if, uh, Red Rocks is still confirmed, Red Rocks in Colorado, if that's still confirmed. And a lot of people are like, yes, it's still confirmed. Like, uh, is the, is the show in, uh, Vinoy Park in Florida still confirmed? Yes, it's still confirmed. So there's, there hasn't been any talk of that tour being canceled. And I think just because everything's opening up, it's such a weird time because everything's opening up and then they're trying to, you know, the president wants a mask mandate or a mm-hmm. lockdown mandate again. And I think the states are kind of done with it. Right. So everyone's kind I, of, I'm, I, I do I promote concerts on the side too. And I think the scary thing is you don't want to be that one guy to have a super spreader. Yeah. Like you don't want to throw the first big concert and just be like, Oh shit. I just yeah. messed the whole thing up for everybody. So yeah. that's good. That, and talking to other promoters, you have a buddy over in Bend that does all the big shows in Portland and Bend and same thing. He doesn't want to be that guy. Hopefully today's the day that anyone can get a vaccine and hopefully that thing works. Yeah, Hopefully it works because I mean, I, I don't just want to go back to work. I, I want to, go back to seeing shows i want to go back to being oh, man. yeah i miss the experience like i want to get my kids out my baby out there and dude i i've i've been hooked i went to my first show when i was in eighth grade mm-hmm. and i've never looked back since then that's my- what i have been doing every like every at least every weekend to every other weekend since that point is just mm-hmm. going to shows and playing music and rehearsing yeah. to play shows that's a good segue what was that first show for you ty Okay, so <laughs> I went to, in 1990, so I was in eighth grade, uh, it was in December, I went to two shows within five days. Okay. The first, very first show I went to was Skinny Puppy at the Palladium oh, on the Tudor Park Tour. Okay. okay? Well, it was amazing. It was like my first, not my first real experience in Hollywood because my brothers were in bands. So I got to go to like Sunset Strip uh, right. clubs and stuff. I'm from got LA, man. Bit. So yeah, this is. Yeah. So that was like my first like huge concert. You got to be kidding me. Like there's what, I don't know what that place holds, 2,400 or maybe 3,000 or something. Right. So that was my first show. I met Terry Bozio from Missing Persons, Frank Zappa there. And I was just like, whoa, things happen here. This is crazy. Right. Four days later or five days later, I think it was four days later. I saw Pixies. Oh, wait, hold on. I saw Primus oh, open up. Well, there Pixies you go. Support Jane's Addiction. Oh, Richard oh dude. Yeah. Nice. That was like, that was the, the show to end all shows. So is it safe Still to say that Les is maybe an influence on you? Yeah, huge. <laughs> He's probably the, I mean, it's probably, I have three autographs hanging on my wall 
One's Les Claypool, the other one's the three eleven guys, and and Walter Becker and, and Donald Fager from Stilly Dan. That's awesome. Oh, Say, baby, no. want to get Very down cool. with me? My first show, fourth or fifth row, Forum in L.A., Rush, and the Presto oh. Tour. Oh, dude, Presto's dope. That was, that was yeah, the two day of two, like, 30-foot inflatable top hats and an additional 20-foot yeah. inflatable bunny that came out of it on that either side of the that, stage. That right? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah that's great so yeah that was my first, first show it was a oh, yeah. dc talk back in like oh my god no <laughs> I, was, I, was a, I was a big Dude, kid <laughs> that's awesome my friend's gonna love this i'm gonna make him watch this i tease they're my friend ian so. uh met him in high school he used to have, he used to say like, uh, he used to have all that stuff like DC talk or whatever and the party or the gym, whatever they're called. And he was on to that stuff. He was on to that first like electronic, uh, hip. I don't even know if you call it like, like electronic pop or yeah, I don't even know what it was. <laughs> yeah. We used to call it mini truck music. We <laughs> Cause that was like the only people that, that jammed that stuff was right, mini right. trucks. So uh, we weren't hip to that because rock was dominant at that time, yeah. you know? And, and I always, every single time I mess with him, I always say DC talk and I've never heard it anywhere else in my life. I don't even know where I saw that. I swear to God, I saw it in his room on a poster because I've never heard of DC talk outside of that. You oh know what gosh. I mean? Yeah, and he just refuses and refuses to talk about her or whatever. He's just like, I never liked DC talk. Leave me alone. <laughs> That's funny though. I did redeem myself though. Nirvana came to Medford. I saw them in Medford. So I redeemed myself there. See, you got me beat, Nick. That's one of those buckets that will never, you know, won't happen. Can't happen anymore. I never got to see Nirvana. I was a big Nirvana fan. Like, I was lucky enough to have older brothers. So I got introduced to Bleach first. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then got into Nevermind. And Nevermind, I was the perfect age. I think it was uh, ninth grade. When it came out and it impacted me so heavily, I was yeah. like, dude, this is like, if this isn't the best band, they're at least the best songwriting band. They're so good. They're just whatever. And it got trendy super fast. And mm-hmm. I stopped like, nah, I'm not going to go see them. I'm going to go see smaller bands like Primus or Tool or Rage at the time. And I just kind of skipped Nirvana. And when he died, I was Son of a bitch. Isn't it so cool, you guys, to be our generation, our age, because we got to see the, you know, live the end of the hair era and go right into grunge right in our formidable years. I mean, I hated the hair era. Really? Well, I have one that I think you might, might make an exception to. It's seventh grade JP, and this album changed my life. Appetite for Destruction. GNR. Hate it. Really? Yes. Oh, well, not me, man. That dude, that, that, that was just Slash's work was just, oh, just, oh, loved it. I was more of the guitar. I was into industrial at that time. Yeah. And nine inch nail action. The only hair that I got into was probably Steve I solo records. Steve I, it's Steve I. Yeah. (laughs) But I'm saying, like, I didn't get any of the stuff. Like, I would learn some stuff to be fun. Well, I would say, I mean, did Extreme come out from that? Because Extreme was really good. And I wouldn't consider them like a hair band. Yeah. But they were kind of doing that like hot dogging kind of. 
I, I'm just not into the cheesy hair stuff. I got. I, I'm probably fair enough. And then Iron because, Maiden. I mean, Iron oh, Maiden is yeah, my all-time Maiden's favorite band here. of the world. Yeah, that's no, no. Not, that is yeah. that is the that's the original heavy metal. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's original heavy metal. That's up there with Motley Crue. Motley Crue turned into a hair band, but mm-hmm. they're not a hair band. They were definitely worshiping heavy metal band. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see the movie? Of course you did. You had to have seen it. Oh, yeah. That was fun. I don't recommend yeah, that to anybody. No. He killed it as Tommy Lee. Who's that? Machine, Machine Gun Kelly. He killed yeah. it. Yeah. So you know, he actually is almost as annoying that, that, uh, than uh, Tommy Lee is. Yeah. I've actually <laughs> seen my buddy Jesse Lawson's and we wasn't sleeping with sirens and they used to do stuff together all the time. And he's kind yeah. of a douche. So. Yeah. Dude, Tommy Lee is terrible. Like, um, man that's that sucks <laughs> yeah he's terrible i mean I, I i i mean everything that i've seen and like the one night i've had with him i was just like oh my god this is just not my kind of person and machine gun kelly when he was acting like him uh in that in that movie i was just like well he's he's, he's close <laughs> he's not quite there but he's close um, they, they typecasted the hell out of him <laughs> Ty, do your kids have a grasp on who you are and what you do and appreciate the fact and look up to like, oh, my dad's kind of maybe a little bit famous or was and did big old bands and does work with them, or are they just, eh, whatever, video games? Uh no, they're all musicians. They okay. all play. So they do, but I don't I don't like my middle child, my nine year old, he's he's pretty, uh, he's pretty impressed. And he's the kid that walks around all like, no matter what I do, he's like, you're the best dad. You're the coolest dad. Scale <laughs> one to 10. You're the best dad. Like he's that guy, you know, and cool? my oldest son, he's, uh, he thinks it's cool. But then again, he thinks he's really cool. So, you know, it's I, I he might feel it inside, but give him a few more years, then everything will be cool, Andy. But uh, my daughter, she I don't think she cares. She she thinks I'm like the most handsome, skinniest, most worked out <laughs> dude. Like she thinks I'm the best thing in the world, and I don't think that has anything to do with music, you know. Um, as it should be. Yeah, yeah, as it should be. But yeah, I'd say my middle child. He's he uh, he he likes to. Uh, because we have to do the zoom meeting. So we'll set up, we have a, a jam room in our bonus room. And he always asks his teacher whenever, you know, let us play. So we'll, me and my sons will play for their class. Oh. And, and just the last one that we did, cause we've done a couple and just the last one he did, I could hear his teacher as he's like walking down the stairs with his iPad. And he's just, she goes, did you say your, your dad was in a, was in a band? And he goes, yeah, Alien Ant Farm. She goes, oh, I know who they are. I listened to them as a kid. She goes, which one is he? Is he the singer? No, he's the bass player. Oh my God. And then all I heard this conversation, just walk away. <laughs> so I know he's, he, uh, he's proud and he's, he's pretty stoked about it. He asked me every question in the world, like, Dad, can you play that? You can play that. Dude, my dad can play that. You know, he's that kind of kid. He's, he's oh, just cool. super proud. What's the deal with Alien Ant Farm these days? Is it just done and gone? I think they're done. Um, they were going strong until I left in 2000. Well, I left a couple times, but the last time I left was in 2014, right after we finished uh, a recording an album, the last album they put out. 
we finished recording it. I think I did a little bit of touring. I don't even know if it was like touring. I think we were playing like a show a month and it got really bad because of just the agents and the managers and, and the record label was just terrible. It was just such a bad team. And, um, I don't wish them on anybody, um, business-wise, personally, I think they're all great people, but just, it was really bad, uh, working with them. And I kind of got to a point with the guys where I was just like, like them or me, you know, I'm leaving. I'm not going to put up with this anymore. I'll go. And then, uh, you know, they basically, I think they, they picked their management over me and I was just like, okay, well, I'm going to go work with Fred Durst then. And I started touring with Bidskit and, and, you know, just hanging out with those dudes. And then that turned into Godsmack and then that turned into, you know, nice. uh, slightly stupid. And then it turned so, into dad cast. How about them apples, right? Yeah. <laughs> I made it with the pinnacle. No, uh, the, um, last I heard, cause Mike and I, the drummer of Amp Farm, we still talk quite a bit. I haven't talked to Terry or Dryden and since March of 2014. Oh, wow. So, so, and, and I'm good. Bad with blood them. or just everything good. I, I don't think anything's good with them. No, I oh. think it's, I, I mean, I, 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 how do I say it? I like, I don't, I just don't care to play music with them anymore. So the idea I, of an alien and farm reunion, just not happening. Um, <laughs> Maybe we'll reapproach that in 20 years. So I, I'm going to jump in real quick. I, I did a show with Alien Ant Farm in 2016 um, up in a little tiny coastal town. They were on a Make America Rock Again tour with uh, yeah. Trapped and a bunch of other like smaller bands. Yeah. It was definitely weird. It wasn't the same. Yeah. It was a weird vibe for sure. Dish, I'm glad Nick, I missed that. Keep dishing. I'm glad. I'm glad I missed that. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> I I saw it too. You know, I saw them go out on the head PE tour. Dryden was actually really upset that he found out because I hit up their tour manager. He is a you know friend of mine, and I said, "Hey, you guys are going to be in Boston tonight. I want to catch the show. I want to see how they are live." And he wrote this whole thing where he was like, "I don't want you around." This and that. I ended up going anyways, and uh, I watched the show and and I was just like, "Yeah, well, I mean, it is what it is." Like. I can't knock them. Like I'm the one that left. Uh, I'm not upset at, at what they're doing. Um, but I think I, I uh, rumor has it that I think Dryden's kind of like, he's done with it, but you never know. We, you know, someone could always be cool and whatever. And then it gets along and, and then all of a sudden they start playing again. But I don't, I mean, I might, I would like consider playing a show or consider something that was like to do that would be really cool and, and, and be a part of something big, you know, like doing that Michael Jackson uh, Memorial tribute show or playing with Metallica over it at, um, at uh, Nebworth, England to that was like the first show in how many years that they had back there or something like that. So those were like big deals. And I would love to be a part of something like that. But as far as just day in and day in out and writing music with those guys, and it's just, I just have no desire to do that anymore. I'd rather be, I'd rather work for people than, than, than try to work with them. That's all. Yeah. Cut and dry. Easy peasy. Yeah. Better yeah. being a dad anyway. Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, 
Oh, my dad, to think about it. Joel, actually, all dads, except for the guitar player. But, but he also used to call kids dream killers. So I was just like. <laughs> well, right. see, you know, I wholeheartedly disagree. I got a late start. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was 36 before I had my first child. I honestly thought I was shooting blanks. And believe me, yeah. it wasn't for a lack of trying. Okay. Yeah. And then one day she came up. She says, I'm pregnant. And I said, yeah, who else are you sleeping with? Because it ain't mine. Yeah. And yeah. turns out it was. And things were great. Yeah. But that whole, I always wanted to be a dad. And I'd never thought, you know, that mindset that a lot of males even still carry today. I feel bad for him, man, but, you know, I'm not going to argue with him. You know, that is their their sentiment, but it's the greatest honor in the entire world, at least for me as a male, to being father to those kids and watching them grow and learn and doing, you know, no one's perfect. By God, I am not the number one parent in the world, even though Nick made a billboard that says we are. Um, That's right. uh, I, I, I just don't get that mindset at all. I mean, these guys who don't want kids, you know, they're missing out so much. There's only one, per- I've been listening to the new Tomahawk record because it just dropped a couple of days ago. And I think Mike Patton is the only guy that I think it's good if he wasn't, or he's not a dad, you know, because he's so busy. Yeah. He's always recording so like, he just released the bongo record. Now he's just releasing the tomahawk record. Every time, like I watch interviews, it's like, oh, what are you up to? Oh, I'm recording this on this time. Oh, I'm doing the record with this guy. Oh, and they're not like I'm doing a single. He's like doing records. Right. That guy, and and to do a record, I mean, to 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 do it fast, to do a record like as fast as you can. You write all the material, you spit it all out. You're talking like record it, track it, every the way the way you want it you're talking at least like two months of solid work. So in order for this guy to do what he's doing, this guy's working, you know? And I was listening to that record today. And and when I'm listening to new records, I like to really dive into the artist and see what I can find out about him. And then I go and turn around and share that knowledge to my kids while we're driving around and put something on. Dad, who is this? That sounds like the guy from Mr. Bungo. Yes, it is. This is Tomahawk, son. So let me tell you about Mike Patton, you know? And then I go into it and then I start talking about bass players and whatever. So I'm always kind of like trying to educate them. And it's awesome because now what I would have those conversations with my friends in high school, now I'm having those conversations with my kids and they're into it too. So that's, that's, you know, what you're talking about. I couldn't imagine it. I can't imagine it either. You know, I, I couldn't imagine it, but there is one guy and I, I feel like Mike pads up one guy would be okay about that kid. And that's okay. As long that. as he's not the one saying dream killers, kids are bad. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's oh, right. Nick. That's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dream Nick over killer. here, you know, a kid about the 170,000 kids he has. He actually only has what? 18. I'm kidding. Six, six kids. <laughs> You have six kids? I do. Yes. Yeah, and he's and we're actually we're we're starting IVF next month, so we're going for hopefully two more. Why? <laughs> we just dream killers. <laughs> There's that. They are dream makers for Nick, apparently. They could become a nightmare though. I don't I don't think so. <laughs> you know. No, you know, honestly, um, this house right now, uh, we have six kids in this house. And mm. I have three, my girlfriend, uh, a girl that was like one of my best friends in high school. We ended up like, we always kind of, you know, saw each other here and there throughout the years. And when my divorce 
you know, my marriage went south and I had a divorce. We ended up linking up again. And she had three kids and they're a little older. She has an 18 year old, a 19 year old and a 13 year old. And then we just, you know, started dating. And about six months in, she was just like, Hey, you know, we have this big house. You want to like come and share it, you know? And so now we punch scenario. Yeah. So now we have six kids and, uh, and we're not married yet or anything like that, but you know, I went out and bought the suburban for it so we could see eight, <laughs> you know, and it's a blast. It is really is a blast. It's, it's awesome. Like I'm teaching her, both her sons how to play guitar and oh, cool. they're doing really good. And it's just so cool. Cause the whole family like basically plays music together. The girls watch the boys play music. It's awesome. You have all the ingredients for a band right now. Oh, yeah. yeah. You guys they should are, start a band. The Zamora's Zamora. They're, they're called- they're called the credits. The credits. <laughs> yeah, because they're they're the they're always the headliner. They're always last. Uh, the, <laughs> the bank drainage. It ain't over until the credits are done. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So just crazy. I, I want to talk more about the bands, but I I this is the dad cast, and I, I don't know where to go, Nick. I'm going to tell a funny story about my oldest. Thank so, God. Go. Right. Okay. So my oldest is 22. He's in the army right before he left the army for the army. We threw a concert with Granger Smith and he was dating this chick that was like totally into country music. And he's like, Hey, my dad's the promoter. I think we can meet the artist. And so I'm like, all right, yeah, go ahead and Eric, go ahead and bring your girl down. That's cool. He had the best time of his life. He was like so stoked. And just like this chick was like, Oh my God, I get to meet Granger Smith. And it was, it was cool. So. I mean, being backstage and hanging out is, is awesome. But the cool thing is, too, getting back to the whole dad cast thing, is bringing your kids yes. small and having them run around the musicians and having the musicians sit them on their drum kits mm-hmm. and sit there and let them play and stuff like that. My kids are always, you know, if I have to take them down to the warehouse for a minute, and if the guys are there, they'll be like, hey, get, put the guitar on, put on the bass, get on the drums, like play us a song. And they'll go through and play like four or five songs for them. Mm-hmm. And, and that's just that's super awesome to have everybody like like yeah. uh, the drummer Rymo from uh, Ryan Moran from uh, Slightly Stupid. He was telling me, uh, you know, like my, my son's been playing drums. He's been doing it pretty solid for like a year or so. Uh, yeah, I don't know where to go from here. You know, and he goes, do take, bring him down, bring him down to my studio. Like, cause he does his own lessons and teaching studio and all that stuff. And he goes, bring him down. Let me sit with them, you know, hang out with them for like an hour or whatever. And, and just come down here and, and I'll give him a lesson, but I'll really kind of just see where he's at and give you some guidance, you know? Okay. And my kids sat down with them and they're playing like Beatles songs together. And he's showing the beats and my kids hitting it. And these guys looking over at me going, dude, your kid, like he's got it, dude. This is so awesome. Like he keeps us up. He's going to be awesome. And I just, you know, that's, those are proud moments, man. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there ain't nothing like that, you know, cause when you're a kid and you're a musician and somebody tells you like, wow, kid, you're really good. You know, you can take it one or two ways. He's humoring me or he's, 
you know, or, or, or I am and thank you, you know, and yeah. whatever, or walk off awkward or walk away being an asshole or whatever. But like my kid's eight years old at the time. And he's just like, I'm just stoked. Like I'm playing music. I'm playing drums with this guy that I know is really good. And I know the look he's giving me and telling me as a musician and looking at what my kid's doing and, and just seeing how far he's come from not knowing how to do anything to actually, I mean, I'd consider my son a drummer. Mm -hmm. um, I wouldn't consider him like a ridiculous drummer, but I just consider him a drummer, you know, awesome. and he, he knows enough about the drums and enough about how making a, how a beat works and, and good tempo, good meter and, and, you know, where things go enough to say, well, he's a drummer, you know, mm -hmm. and that's cool. And, but that moment, it, just seeing that happen and having somebody that you respect so much and, you know, you consider yourself as like, you know, a, a top tier level musician saying mm -hmm. that about your kid and meaning it going like this kid's eight years old and this is where he's at. Wow. Like, here you go. Hey, Neil he, Pert wasn't the greatest at eight years old either. So I'm sure he wasn't. You know? <laughs> he was the yeah, greatest. My, my 17 year old's a drummer at Grants Pass High School, and they do they play like the Macy's Thanksgiving Parade and stuff with their yeah. marching band. So every time we do a concert or like somebody comes to one of the big shows, I they hook up with whoever, and they're like, "Yeah, yeah, bring your kid back." So like the guys from Eve Six are good friends of mine. So he got to hang out with Tony and Tony taught him a little bit of stuff. And then Matt Sorum was playing with the vampires and Matt's great. So I talked to Matt. So he's like, Oh my yeah. God, dad, I play guns and roses. And, yeah. and he's like a drummer's drummer. too. That's what's cool about Matt. He's like a drummer's drummer. So he, yeah. he can, you know, sit down and, and, and spit some knowledge at a kid mm -hmm. as opposed to just like, I'm a rock star. It's like, no, nah, Matt Sorum's really not that guy. Yeah. So he's it's always like, a big thing too. It's like, I want my kids to know like, and they're, they're famous, but they're also normal people. They're not, yeah. you know, they're, they're not any better than us. You know, they, they that's the kind of the thing, the better they get at the instrument, the more of a normal person they are. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's when they're kind of sliding and getting by and kind of really right. relying on that one uh, pentatonic scale that where they really think they're badass. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you meet the guys that are, you know, you meet the Stanley Clarks or the Chikoreas of the world. And they're mm -hmm. not dudes, you know, and they're the baddest players in the world. I think yeah. I just came up with a dad cast slogan, you guys, literally as you were talking. Dadcast, normalizing and humanizing celebrities. There you go. Musicians, athletes, or yeah. something along those lines. You know what? It sounded a shit ton better when I just said it in my head. Yeah, it should, it should have just stayed there. But well, that's cool, man. But you know Dad me, Nick. Cast. Come on. Dads are normal hey. people, too. Here we go. The, and the son. Okay, so oh, here's a question. Random poll question for both of you. What is the okay age to leave your child home alone. Like what's the youngest you'd leave your kids home alone for an hour, two hours. I think 14 was mine. 10. 10. Thank yeah. you, Ty. Cause my son is home alone right now at 10. And yeah. if you're watching this video, don't worry about you crazy evil bastards. Uh, this was yeah. recorded a week ago. So, you know, I'm home with my son, so you can't do anything bad. Uh, he just texted me. When are you going to be home? Dad? Oh, he doesn't. I think Ken, I, I mean, I was home alone a lot earlier than that. Yeah. Um, different time. But, 1981, but, 82 was uh, yeah. latchkey kids, right? Yeah. Yeah. My, my Both of my parents worked. And then my mom, she was doing night classes. So 
you know, my dad, they, I mean, pretty much come home like around dinner time, and um, I was home alone from you know that time to dinner time, and I was a kid that my parents didn't worry too much about me. Uh, I would always just go off and play and. And I, I should have been calling, but I just had a bad habit of not calling. And I uh, would come home once it got like really dark and they were like, oh, there you are. Wow, <laughs> nice to see you. So, you know, I, I just, I think 10 was, was a good, a good time. Like, yeah, my kids, I, I'll let, now that my son's 12 and the other one's nine, I'll let them hang out home alone for a little bit, not too long. Right. Probably two hours would probably be the maximum, but definitely don't leave my six-year-old with them. Yeah, no, no, yeah, that's that's my thing. So tonight, uh, my my lady's birthday. I'm sorry, you know, I love the fact that this isn't live radio, Nick. So I can literally take two seconds to text my son and not worry about it and be offended and worrying I'm ruining a show. Um, all right, text done. I uh, my lady, it's her birthday's next week, and she wanted to go do a sing with uh, the ladies tonight so she's up at uh, the local casino an hour away staying the night and you know i'm i'm single single dad tonight but i had this to podcast to record so i'm freaking out what do i do how do i go sawyer i told him i'm gonna take him to grandma's tonight it's my son and along with avery and he freaks out he's like no dad i don't want to go i'm like well okay i'm gonna take her and leave you here is that all right he's like yes that's fine and i still fight it because 10 years old. He's almost 11, mind you. But uh, he's been fine. He's fine. He's just curious what's going on. But yeah, so that was my solution. I'm going to take one to grandma's because I'm definitely not leaving 7-year-old alone with the 10-year-old. That's too much responsibility. But he's got his phone, his iPad, and I have a ring camera on point. And uh, if I run out of the room and I don't explain why, something happens at home. (laughs) When you got a 7-, 6-year-old, even 8-year-old and younger – you you really can't turn your back on him because no. my daughter, you know, my girlfriend's up here and she she does she's a uh, an esthetician for a living, so she has her own shop and and every once in a while, like they'll have like the in laws or whatever come over and she'll do their eyebrows or you know do whatever she has to do with them, and so they were up here working or she was working on her and the two daughters are downstairs. And my daughter put popcorn. She decided she was just going to make popcorn and no one's in the house. No, I mean, they're up here, but they're not eyes on. Them. Yeah. 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 My daughter put the popcorn in for like 10 minutes oh, in the microwave. Right. Oh. Yeah. And about five minutes in it's smoking and everything. They're like, what is going on? They run down there and the popcorn is like burnt to a crisp. It's burned the inside of the microwave. Like, yeah, so that's the thing. You just, you know, a 10-year-old wouldn't do that. A right. 10-year-old and above wouldn't do that. But I'm still, the verdict's still out on, on the 9-year-old. But <laughs> definitely I wouldn't trust my 8-year-old. I mean, he can't reach it, so that means he has to, like, get on a stool. And then there's that whole other caution if he slips and falls. And, you know, so so I, I think, yeah, I think Ted's good. I think they're good. They're tall enough. They're, you know, they know don't answer the door. They won't answer the door. Right. You know? Well, he's already got it down. We've got like 14 different windows that you can peer out of. So he yeah. goes to the farthest end one and just peeks out the corner. Oh, it's, you know, it's uncle Vince. We're good. Worst case scenario. Did you get him a pizza? <laughs> and you, go, you get hungry. 
open the box. Yes. You'll be fine. You don't have to cook. You don't have to do anything. Just get it out of the box. And they're fine. Put it, put some video games on some TV. They're fine. Well, my kid can actually make a mean pancake. So he's, he's all right. Now, well, now turning off the damn gas it. stove, there's lying the problem. Thankfully, he's not lighting anything in the house. <clears throat> yet, I'm assuming. <laughs> well, they're musicians. My son, he's not a, he's not musician inclined yet. I, I don't know. Musician-y? Is that even a word? Um, I think so. You know, we'll go with it. Okay. I think communication is not according to the The dictionary has changed because of the way we say things. <laughs> yeah, we the urban dictionary the now, right? Yeah, we dictate the language, not the other way around. So <laughs> if I get what you're saying, that's communication. It's happening. Now it's musician-y. musician-y. Exactly. musician-y Musical. Exactly. I think that would be the proper term, but I like musician-y. Yeah, me too. Nick, I saw you earlier looking in the background. By the way, I, I got a question, but Nick, you're looking in the background when you're talking about uh, one of these bands. Did one of those guitars signed? Is that what you're looking for? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I got Ant Farm signed one of the guitars but it, it was it was after ty though so oh i was just gonna out. say is ty's <laughs> name on there how cool would that be stupid show you go to just bring it i'll sign it sweet the gigantic yeah, got, circle yeah, is complete i mean I'll, I'll 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 get my uh i'll get my uh alcohol and rub all the other signatures on <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I like to analyze, and, and I know this is a thing since COVID, everybody's background in their Zoom videos, and, and you've got what looks like a medal of some sort back there. Dude, I got so much stuff. What is that thing? It's got the blue ribbon this, metal. This, this room is so packed with everything. It's It's got stuff. It's got records everywhere. It's got all these things up here. It's all my books from school. You know, in there, some vinyls. These are all my school books all the way across here on the bottom. Uh, I got all kinds of memorabilia and bricks and stuff for playing <laughs> gigs. I got, like, high school awards for being the biggest troublemaker in high school. I got paintings that people have done, signatures, drawings, paintings that I've done. I got all kinds of stuff. This is my... This is my space. That's that's a good. I like the background, man. Bang up job. Yeah. I got that's yelled at. I didn't get yelled at. Who was it? Was it? Uh, was it? Was it Brett Young, Nick, or was it? It was Ben. It was Ben Carey. It was Ben who said, "You know, I, I'm pretty proud of all this foam behind me. I think it looks cool." And he's like, "But you can't play any of it, man. You can't play any of it." <laughs> like, well, I'm not musiciany, so. I'm going to bring some guitars down for the studio so it looks better. We should. Me and my kids make fun of English accents all the time. It's great. That was my worst attempt at Australian for the record. Hey, brother. terrible. Hey, brother. Hey, mate. That Saturday night fight skit, we always say, don't row, row, re-row. Try to make fun of a guy in Richie film. Yeah, we all the time. We're always making fun of English people. It's great. That wasn't a horrible accent. Well, I'll ask Ben when we see him next month was, in Vegas. I mean, I thought it was English. But, yeah, well, yeah. if you want me to do an Irish accent, I can do that crap all day. Actually, it's more go. Scottish. That you one's just, pretty decent. My lady asks me to do it anywhere we go, anywhere in public, and just talk like this the entire time because apparently it's kind of convincing. I don't know. Uh, we used to have a, a tour manager from Liverpool, and I thought I had a good Liverpool accent, but every time I go right. around any kind of English people, they're like, humble. Accents. Humbled. <laughs> like, okay. Keith. That's exactly how he sounds. He says stuff like that. And yeah, you gotta put the E the, the E. Yeah. Luch Keith. Let me tell you. Like, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work. They don't like it. 
Nick. Yo. Is it dad joke time? Oh, I'm gonna pass on the dad joke time this time. No, come on, man. No, no, we gotta. Okay, so <laughs> Nick bought a book. Ty, he bought well, a book. My daughter bought me a book for Christmas. It's it's so bad that he has to say that his daughter bought it for him, right? And there's a joke <laughs> for every single day of the year, and we try to fit this in every episode what the day that we recording is and tell that joke. And I'm not even kidding. We're like 10 in and every single one of these jokes has been the worst God awful thing you've ever heard. It's not funny. It's ridiculously bad. And we're hoping one of these days we're going to get maybe just even halfway decent. But at this point we are strongly considering writing a letter to the authors and telling them just don't do anymore. Now are these jokes that dads would tell are these jokes about dads. what's the title say nick a daily dose of dad jokes it's yeah it's, 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 i'm pretty certain it's jokes dad would tell april 1st right, oh oh it is april 1st so excited on april 1st why are gas stations so excited on april 1st because they're pumped that's uh no <laughs> it's april fuels day april yeah, fuels bad. day yeah it's terrible yeah terrible <laughs> it's bad. better it's still pretty bad but it's better than the others that has to be so far the best one of the day so ty zamora congratulations you sir got the best crappy dad joke so far out of that book on your episode man <laughs> it's april Fuels I, I want to thank all the little people out there <laughs> that made this possible. Speaking of April Fool's Day, have either of you, do your families uh, partake in that and try to get you or any of your kids do it? Because I'll tell you what, the very first thing this morning when I woke up, I was sitting on the couch and uh, the oldest, who's 16, her and her mom, you know, she's 16, so she'll fight and argue over anything and everything. And I don't know about you, but I hate starting my day up with negativity. I hate starting in negative any time of the day, but if you're cussing and screaming and yelling at each other at 730 in the morning after you just woke up to me, that's just a bad start and puts the trajectory of the day just bad. So mom just walks past me and then comes back out of Chloe's room and screaming and yelling and cussing. I'm like, oh, no, you're kidding me. Here we go. And then following is the daughter screaming, yelling, cussing back at mom. And they both stop right in front of me, look, smile and go April fools. And I'm like, God, I didn't get 10 minutes into the day and they got me. So I, I don't think this happened on April fools. But <laughs> I have only done like one prank in my life on somebody. Uh-huh. Right. I mean, I might've been talked into one or I might've had a, a conversation about throwing something, but there was only one that I actually threw and it was on my dad. And my dad is such a good dude. He doesn't like, he's really funny. He's really goofy. I'm kind of like a spitting image of him, right? But so I went and got when Warheads first came out. Oh, boy. I got a whole bag of Warheads from like a Costco or something uh-huh. like that. Unwrapped all of them. Put them in like a candy dish, like a china dish, mm-hmm. you know, that your grandma has. And I'm sitting there and I'm acting like I'm eating one. And I'm like, wow, these are really good. You know, I go, hey, dad, you want one? And he's sitting there. We're just having a conversation. He's just having a great time. He's like sitting there. He's having hanging out with his buggy. And I'm off a tour at the time. And I got this candy dish. And he goes, and he goes oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And he puts one in his mouth and goes. 
<laughs> Spits it out. He's like, why would you do that? I'm dying. I can't even catch a breath. I think I'm going to throw up. I'm laughing so hard. And he's just sitting there. Why would you do that? Why? I don't play any tricks on people. I don't do that to kind of people. I'm like, dude, that was the best thing I've ever seen in my life. It just turned into like a screaming cat with claws out every day. Oh, he made that noise. It was so good. It was so good. I got to do that to somebody else. I hope my kids don't do that to me. I'm sure they will. My kids, they tried last year, but I, I outsmarted them. They uh, they replaced the stuffing in the Oreo with toothpaste and tried to get me to eat it. Oh. No, didn't happen. Oh, you know what? Yeah. After uh, ending last show of tour pranks. Those are big ones. Right. I was say, you, you've been around Papa Roach, and I've heard Jacoby can pull some pretty crazy pranks. Yeah. I mean... I, we got those guys, uh, the first tour in the States that we did with them, uh, when we, we ended the tour in between songs, Dryden said exactly what Kobe said every single night. <laughs> he couldn't like throw the same show. So right away he was thrown off, but we're the guys that like hire male strippers <laughs> to go on stage. We're the guys that'll put like Ben Gay on your microphones. Uh, we'll put like uh, what's it? Uh, 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 baking powder or whatever it is, uh, talcum powder on your snare drum so you can't see it. So when the drummer <laughs> starts to play, it's just all <laughs> <laughs> he just hits them. Uh, what else do we do? Oh, in between songs or when it gets really quiet, or in between songs when the lead singer's trying to say something, we get air horns. So they all thank you for. You know, they're just like, what the hell? And usually, uh, if it's an opening act um, or a direct support act, and we're headlining, uh, the last song is always us taking the drum kit away. You know, while they're like in the middle of the song, they don't get, they get like 30, 40 seconds into their last song, and we just completely take the drum kit away. Like, whatever. <laughs> oh, and shots replace all the so water bottles with glued on caps and the ones they can get off are filled with vodka oh yeah and then after every song our crew guys walk out and hand them all shots so <laughs> it's 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 a bad it was a real for a while there it was a real bad thing to play the last show on tour with Amp farm it sounds like well hey you know what they're just getting drunk sounds like a good Smoke time to me too Drown them out with smoke machines so we can't see the thinkers. <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? We are pretty much almost done with our time with Ty Zamora. As always, man, the, the, the time flies when we're having a good time oh, yeah. and we have a great guest. I mean, 59 minutes, man. We are we are there. Yeah, uh, that's fine. I would like to leave it with a final thought from you. The greatest thing about being a dad at least the ties are more dad is. Well, for me, it's, it's probably the hugs and the cuddles. I think that's, that's where my batteries need to be charged and that's who gives it to me. So anytime my daughter jumps into my arms and she puts her head on my shoulder or when my oldest, when he's, you know, going away for the night and gives me a big, like real hug, you know, and just, yeah, my son coming up to me and just, you know, grabbing his head and bringing him in and just getting that real loving embrace where you just know that there's nobody else on the planet that they love as much as you. 
that's that to me is what it's what it's all about. That's the best thing about being a dad. That is quite honestly the best answer I've ever heard. I would hundred percent agree. That is my my son to my Superman. That's yeah. what recharges me. And you know, yeah. I, shit, I posted a picture on Facebook the other night. That was literally I had to stop everything I was doing because baby girl wanted cuddles before she went to bed. And I'm like, Yeah. It's yeah, happening. You to be on that one, man. <laughs> yeah, All right. Ty Zamora. Thank you so very much for taking the time and joining us and uh, hanging out on DadCast. You were an amazing guest. We hope to have you on again, maybe sometime in the future. And of course, I'm going to have make sure Nick stays in contact with you, because as soon as Stupid makes a tour stop, he's got a guitar that you need to sign. Come out. And we got to see him again. They're great. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. It's always a good show. And you hit me up and I'll, you know, hang out with me and. Hit off the bar with us. As long as it's not the last show of the of the tour, we're in. <laughs> yeah, cool. I am JP. That is Nick Martin. That is Ty Zamora. We got to throw this down because I do it on every single episode. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to Badcast. We'll see you all next week. See you later, alligator. This episode has been brought to you by our amazing sponsors, Anchor Valley Wine, Boneyard Elixir, Red Robin, America's Gourmet Burgers and Spirits, Happy Dragon, Mongolian Barbecue, Chris Barnett of Barnett Group at Realty Executives, and JL Insurance.